Ladies and gentlemen, we here at Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry pride ourselves on the conversations that we have with legendary as well as those artists on the cusp of greatness. And today we are honored to have with us a poetess, author, um, educator, lyricist, vocalist, and the list just goes on and on. I'll be here for another half hour just talking about this wonderful young lady in the name of Marie Grady, a.k.a. Lyric. Welcome to Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry. Thank you for having me. I was sitting here like, who is he talking about? (laughs) All right now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, you know, but that's just, that's just you being modest because, you know, uh, at least you know how I feel about your, about your artistry and your talent and you as a person. So you can be modest. That's okay. You know, I always appreciate your support, and you know, I I think that I could utilize you and your skills of, of trying to make you know blow me up and everything. Just kind of utilize that out there when I do, uh, you know, become that legendary person that you're talking about. Yeah. It's just don't forget the little person. people like myself. Just don't forget the little <laughs> right. folks. That's all I can say. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> um, again, let's uh, let's start with uh, where you're from and and. Name some of your early uh, poetic uh, and musical influences. Okay. Um, well, I was originally born in the Netherlands, and um, we moved back here. My family was in the military, so we moved back here when I was about five years old, and I've been here in South Carolina uh, for quite some time. Um, the only other place I've lived, per se, that I remember <laughs> is uh, in Atlanta. I lived there for about three years. Um, but mom got sick, so I had to come back home and been in South Carolina ever since. So um, as far as musical influences, I love my old stuff, man. Kiss and Say Goodbye and mm-hmm. all that, Aretha and Gladys Knight and all of these folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I must have kind of, like, put it on my kids, too, because my, my little girl... Or she's a grown woman now. She's 20 now. But I used to have her around there saying, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. You know, we have our little brushes and whatnot. <laughs> oh, wait a That's right. I've done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I love the old folks because it's just they have a style and a richness that you just don't see much of these days in, in you know, artists. Now it's more for just entertainment versus actually making people feel things or helping people to heal and and all of these different things through through words and verse. So um, I, I'd say that that's mainly the individuals. Now, as far as the current individuals, I would say like NDRE and uh, Alicia Keys and Smokey Norfolk and Yolanda Adams. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a host of different individuals that I at least take something from. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's mm-hmm. just a little message or a little style or just something. So it's pretty eclectic, I think, you know, as yeah. far as what, what I try to put out. What about uh, poetically? Who are some of the people that you really uh, admired or, or uh, you know, in the in the poetry and in the literary, literary world? Well, um... 
I I love the fact that Queen Sheba is uh, so open. You know what I'm saying? She she doesn't put restraints on her messages. Some of her messages are just bold in your face. You know, you can't miss it if you want it to <laughs> type messages. Salam AC. You know, um, there's just a number of individuals. I like like the ones that haven't really made it out there yet. Like Miss Neasy. Mm. Most people don't know her, but. I mean, her messages are so profound because her, you know, her history is so profound. She pours it all in there, and you can feel her poetry, you know. Um, Shambe has more of the prophetic-type tip where, you know, he, he gets into the wisdom of, of you know, the ages, basically, of different countries and cultures and, and various things of that sort. So it's just a number of I do the same thing with the poets that I do with the musicians. You know, I take a little bit from every style that's out there. I don't really get off too much on the ones who have just a whole bunch of poetry where it's just either putting people down or cursing and all that stuff because I don't think that's necessary in order to get your message across. Mm-hmm. So just uplifting individuals, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a a conversation with uh, someone I know you also admire from, uh, well, she's still she's still active, but from back in the day, uh, Nikki Giovanni. Oh, and, yeah, I love her. And, yeah, and she, you know, said the same thing you just said. A lot of times, you know, you get lost with the, in the profanity and whatever, and the message gets lost. But a lot of times, if you figure out other words, that you can use in place of that. It's more than likely to flow a lot better. Mm-hmm. And can you know, prove to be a little more entertaining because you've actually created a new, fangled way of saying something, and people like that. Mm-hmm. People get off on that, you know? So Now, you also are a vocalist, a wonderful, a wonderful vocalist, I might add. Um, where, is, where is all this talent coming from? Anybody else in your family have that type of uh, talent? Well, musical or, or writing? My girls do. My my daughters can sing. Um, you know, my little one she loves to draw and stuff because I do I draw and, and all of that as well. Um, they have real creative sides. They're very smart kids. You know, they do real well in English. Let's just say. <laughs> so I point in this family. Yeah, but, I understand um, that. <laughs> But, you know, as far as, I think everything plays a part because my father had a very spontaneous nature. And because of that, he loved trying new things and, and you know, delving into areas that most people might be afraid to go into. And that's the spirit that I've taken as far as my craft is concerned. You know, you can hear one piece of mine and then you can hear another piece that sounds nothing like the, the first one, and it's just, you like, did Larry do that for real? Because mm-hmm. it's just different, you know, and I like different. I like just stepping outside of the box and and just creating a new flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And just, I just want to sneak this one in there. You said you were from South Carolina. That's where my family is from, too, and, and your, uh, your current town is something. That's where my family is at, too. But yet, yeah. I've known this man for two years and haven't seen 
And what in there? You need to come the, home and visit more, young man. Yeah, yeah. I, and and it's funny. I just got off the phone the other night with my aunt, and she was like, "Where you been?" So that was the hint. That's all she had to do. Three words: "Where you been?" That's it. So That's it. I know I got to make it down <laughs> to uh, you know to something South Carolina, definitely. Um, and you brought up another another uh, one of the things that you're very skillful at, uh, one of the crafts, and that's the graphic artist side of it. How did you get into that, and, and what are you doing with that? Um, you know, I go by the way something feels versus the way something looks. So I guess in that essence, I just kind of look with my soul versus looking with my eyes. So I could look at a whole bunch of different elements and... I'm already seeing them together, intermixed and flowing. So that's how I create, graphically, musically, poetically. It's just I see the after picture, you know, after everything is done, all the, you know, little tidbits have been thrown in there, and then I go by that. But I will keep working on whatever it is I see or I envision until it feels right. That makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be just one little thing that's out of place, and that will drive me crazy until I fix it. But I love creating new things. I think that's that's basically the bottom line. You know, I, I love graphics because it's just the, the colors and, and the flares and all of that stuff. Creating a mood, you know, based on just pictures and things, that's awesome be able to do that and I just didn't stop until I learned how to you know so. I've seen some of the uh, the graphic uh, work that you've done and that's I mean it's just all it seems like all your work I haven't seen anything I didn't like or heard anything that I didn't like or um, you know from you and uh, I'm pretty I'm, I guess I'm like you I'm kind of on the perfectionist type side uh, which you are, and I know that, and you just solidified that thought by what you just said, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you could just sit back and just admire your work and say, yeah, okay, and let it go, but you always look for different angles uh, in your work and in your poetry, I know, as well as a wonderful program that you host uh, on Blog Talk Radio, which is called Lyrical Disciples now explain that side of yourself. So many sides and just multi—I like to say multifaceted—but explain uh, what lyrical disciples is all about. Okay. Well, the way it started was, um, you know, I was real shy when I came out to try to start doing the spoken word thing and getting out there on the stage. I mean, literally, my body would be shaking and vibrating like nobody's business, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. But after a while, I kind of worked through that, but I'm saying a while, I mean years, it took me to get to a point where I would get up on that stage and not be afraid. And my co-host for the show, Boogie, she helped me a lot with that because I met her when she was hosting the show. And, um, you know, she helped me to grow and cultivate what I already had, you know, within me and bring it out. So at some point, I was like, you know what? I have a feeling that God wants me to take things to the next level. And everything that he does in my life, 
is a method of shaping me to perform whatever it is he needs for me to do in this life. And for some reason, people keep telling me or I keep getting these messages here, there, and elsewhere that I needed to be heard or the message needed to be heard on a wider range. And I wanted to try hosting. I wanted to get out of that shyness and, and being afraid of, of talking to people. And so I asked Boogie if she would help me with the show and, and co-host with me. And she was like, sure, girl, of course. <laughs> that was two years ago. And she just so happened to have a poem called Lyrical Disciples, which really fit our passion for what we did, you know, how much we love and adore poetry and just spoken word in general. So that was the name. I asked her if we could use the name. And um, she said, yeah, we can do that. And it's it's been what we've, we've held dear since then. We try to make it as quality as possible. Um, the show is held every second and fourth Sunday from uh, 6, usually 6 to 7.30 or 8, depending on if we have someone um, featured on the show or not. And it is um, every second and, second and fourth Sunday. Sometimes we have some specials and things of that sort in there. But we always try to throw that poetic element in there because, you know, really and truly that was the basis for the show. But we just wanted to add a new flair to it. I love the show. We've been doing this thing for two years. And, um, you know, you know as well as I do sometimes, it gets a little tiresome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. People don't realize how much work goes into doing a radio show. But I can honestly say I've grown quite a bit in these last yeah, few and, years. And- and I can attest to the fact that, you know, the, the times that I've, uh, you know, listened to your program, you and Boogie, um, the chemistry, number one, is there, um, and and it just flows really nicely. And, um, you know, the talent, if you're featuring someone, like you said, um, you know, the talent is just remarkable. And then when you two stretch out and, and do some of your own uh, creations, some of your own scribes or what have you, then it's just, uh, like you said, it just goes to another level. And um, since we're on the, the subject of poetry, um, I would love for you to share one of your creations with us, uh, hmm. if you would. Sure, sure. Um, let's see. Why don't I do one called Sun? Okay, so here okay. we go. Sun, in all your magnificence and soulful enthusiasm, I must ask, why did you have to go away? As rampant storms manifest into thick, black clouds, crying out loud, searching frantically through barren crowds of intellectual ignorance to find something, someone to hold on to. To help me so that my mind does not get swept away in the belly of the madness. You see, I need your healing light to guide me through to the innovation of a new day. That I might fellowship with but a glimpse of not-so-distant horizon awakening. I need the warmth of your bronze cloak of consolation to engulf me. Clever rays sneaking into my pores that pours out frustrations fossil beneath forgotten terrain that no longer bears life. So, son, I ask, 
again. Why did you have to go away? Did you not see me crying, lying motionless in desperation, shivering helplessly beneath the fear of psychotic threats made by aberrations waiting for me to stumble and fall in the darkness? Moonlight, teasing, suffocating, squeezing anxious breaths from compressed lungs as once enchanting perceptions of life are now dreadfully tangled in the intricate web of a volatile mind. Stripping senses blind. Shelter no longer in clear view. Joy no longer food for survival. I am left alone, famished. Lips crusted and cracked by the ravaging thirst that gradually intensifies. Son, don't you see? Can't you see it in my eyes? I need you to sustain me. I need the restoration of your glow stemming from starfield galaxies to inspire the stir of prophetic wisdom where dust particles have laid to rest. You see, without it, I shall never bathe in the sea of wholeness. Without ever making love to your eternal soul, I will never give birth to life and light born in me, my beloved son. Please hear me. Without you, I am nothing. Okay, show's over. Good night, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much for for sharing that that piece, son. It's just unbelievable. I I just you know, ooh, I just feel good for uh, having you. Um, on the program right now And I featured you on Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry With a fantastic uh, yeah. drummer from Germany uh, Named Henning Stum And what was that experience like for you when? Uh, because I never really say You know, who I'm going to feature A poet or a musician with What, did, what was that like when you um, Heard that that combination there. How did that make I you feel? I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was wonderful. And, you know, to know Henning, boy, I mean, that was just a, a beautiful, um, mesmerizing experience for me because his spirit is just one that you don't encounter often. Um, he truly, truly adores what he does, and he has such a love and passion um, for it that it, it inspires other people in his midst. So, I mean, I really and truly enjoyed working with him. He's such a phenomenal artist. And uh, when I heard it, I was like, wow, that's nice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Ooh, <laughs> you know, like a little kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. So, I mean, I truly appreciate you introducing, you know, us and and, and making that happen. Yeah, yeah, you did a piece um, that was featured on that program, and it just it put me right in the mind of Henning because I had known Henning, uh, you know, for for a little while. Mm-hmm. And when I heard your piece called Jembe, which I have to say that is that is truly my favorite piece of yours. So now you know. I don't think I've ever told you that before, 
But Jembe is really, really a phenomenal piece. And Henning being a drummer and uh, plays the Jembe mm-hmm. and the you know the other uh, you know percussion uh, instruments, it just went so well with you know what he was uh, what he was saying with his music and and it. I just had to put you two together, and I'm glad that I did because the response was just, uh, you know, it was just wonderful. And like you said, Henning was just so excited, you know, about, you know, working with you. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe in the future I can uh, get you two to do something live, and that would be just phenomenal. Oh, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Now, you have worked with, besides Henning, you've worked with, uh, and done collaborations with some just fantastic uh, poets. Uh, Eric Moore, uh, brother poet of the Wonder Twins, B-L-I-S-S of 1224 Entertainment. And one of my favorites, one of my favorites, um, a young man that I've also featured on Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry, both on the uh, online program and live, uh, named the next level. Um, how is that working with? Just pick any of the people that I named, but you know, end it off with the next level and, and tell me how you like working with them. Um, I truly enjoyed working with uh, Eric Moore because he's such a professional um, artist. You know, he loves his craft and he really goes out of his way to make sure everything is exactly the way he wants it. So when we went into the studio that day, we both knew our parts. We got it recorded within 30 minutes, you know, and just, just handled things. And I thought it was just awesome. And um, it it thrilled me because of the fact that, you know, he's city. I'm country. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And he sent me the track, and he was like, okay, this is kind of where I was seeing this going, but you tell me what you think. And so then I came back with the the hook and, and sent it back to him, and I already recorded my part and stuff. And he got so excited, and to hear him excited, I was excited, you know. So that was a definite. Um, it was it was just a wonderful experience, you know, working with him. Um, Next level, also a very professional artist. Next level will sit there and work on a track. For hours, if that's what it takes in order to get it sounding good. If you tell him, well, I'm not real crazy about this part, he will go in there and modify it without complaining or anything like that. And it's good to work with people like that who will at least hear you because you know how that is with some folks. They want it the way they want it, and that's all there is to it. But um, that was, he's always producing very quality, quality materials. So I'm I'm very blessed to have worked with him. Also with Jada Ray, um, did a track for me. And I basically just told her what I wanted. I want something funky. I want, you know, I want to be able to dance and, and, and enjoy myself when I hear this track. And she gave me just what I asked for. I loved it. Loved it right off the bat. And, um, there's also... A gentleman on there, um, Bliss. Bliss does most of my work around here because he's local, and um, he does a lot of tracks for some individuals there in New York and things of that sort as well. So he's a very busy man, um, but he always seems to make time for his sister. So I really appreciate him. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another person on there, Daryl Hyatt of Confucius Clan. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Daryl's worked with people like Sade and um, Isaac Hayes and and various individuals like that. So I mean, he's he's been doing this for a hot minute. Trust, and it was just such a pleasure for him to take time out of his schedule and just create a track for me. You know, he's got that whole Brazilian type feel to his music because um, he's you know from Brazil, but it was just you know a very touching thing for me to actually have time out of his busy schedule when he's traveling the UK and all this stuff and he was able to send me something that I really, really liked. Um and of course, you know, we cannot forget the Wonder Twins. You know, all I have to do is tell him what I want and, and he's got it. Yeah. So I mean yeah. it's it's awesome. Yeah. Now you have uh uh besides your your spoken word and poetry, um mm-hmm. And your your singing, which is we, we definitely want to talk about that a little um, as well. But you have some some books out. Can you uh, give us the titles and and let everybody know where we can come across an autographed copy, especially mine, an autographed copy. Uh, <laughs> Throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, the titles of your books that you have out and and where we can uh, get a copy. Okay. Um... Well, the first book that I wrote was called My Peace Be With You. And it's, um, that's the type of book that's basically one that people have in their offices and things of that sort. It's a little lighter type feel, you know, book. Uh, if you're going through some things, it can kind of inspire and uplift and encourage. So I'm very proud of that as, as being my first collection. Then I have the book, um, um, I of Thee Behold Her, which deals with some harsher issues and things of that sort. Um, being a, a poet, it's almost like we're an open beacon to people who are hurting. Uh, I, I've, if I tell you about all the different people, from people who have been abused by their husbands, from people who have witnessed babies dying, from people who have been on drugs, um, just... Um, Boogie and I just seem to be a magnet for these people who just walk up to us and start talking. And so, you know, we just have to funnel that through the poetry because these people need encouragement just like anybody else. Um, But I won't go off on a tangent on that because I could talk about that for days. Um, But also, in addition to that, I have a romance novel, my first novel. And um, it's called Tomorrow Promises. I am currently getting that one edited, and then I'm going to try to find me a pretty good production company for that, um, to get that out and whatnot. Um, But that was really exciting for me. When I got to the little love scene, she seemed like I've never written a love scene before. (laughs) So so I'm like reading it to people. I just sound, does that sound believable? (laughs) Uh, uh Yeah, but um, it was really exciting to get that project completed because it took me like a total of three years to complete that. Wow. It had the time to dedicate, you know, and finally it was like, I'm going to sit here until I get this done. Mm. And I did. Um, now, the CD, which is Soul to Soul, S-O-L-E to S-O-U-L, um, all of these things you can get at me right now to, to get to you, and I will autograph whatever I send to you. Not a problem. I enjoy doing that. Um, and I produce everything that I do right now until I'm able to get it out there and get it mass produced and whatnot. So you can actually email me at poetic souls 
speak at AOL.com and let me know what it is that you would like and I will give you my PayPal information and get that and get everything out to you signed, sealed and delivered. So that's all right. And uh could you give us that, that email address one more time? Certainly. It's poetic souls speak at AOL dot com. All right and uh, we'll be able to pick up a copy of My Peace Be With You, I of Thee, Behold Her. And I think that's just a, a fantastic title. I can't wait to read that. And uh, this romance novel, I, I just can't imagine you doing a romance novel. No. Um, you know, Tomorrow Promises, and and I know that's a going to be a fantastic read as well. And Soul to Soul, um, you know, if you've, if you haven't heard any of Lyric's uh, vocalizations, she's just phenomenal, um, as well as her um, her poetry um, to music. And, and, you know, it's just I, I just can't say enough about how I feel about your, your talent. But now when you're not being Lyric and you're just plain old or plain young, I don't know why I said plain old, Plain I know, young right? uh, <laughs> Marie Marie Grady. Um, wh- what do you do when you're when you're not uh, performing and and um, you know turning people on to your your artistic uh, vibe? What do you do? Well, you know, um, I'm a mom first and foremost, and daughter. You know, because I take care of my mom um, who's paralyzed from the waist down. And, um, you know, I just try to make life as exciting as possible around here. You know, we we just love to laugh. We love to do fun things, exciting things. Um, you know, there's always restraints in life to try to bind you, you know, bound you within your household, within your lives and things of that sort. But I don't ever want my children to think that because there are limitations like money and things of that sort, that there's not a way to be found to make things happen. And um, I instilled that in my oldest daughter early, you know, um, by making certain things happen that we couldn't see happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to do things like bowling. I love to shoot pool. You know, I'm a little hustler. <laughs> <laughs> I got the hustler spirit, <laughs> you know. But doing things with the kids at school, you know, being a career counselor at school, um, I have a lot of other little projects like the radio station with the 12-year-old boys and also, you know, the poetry troupe, you know, the girls, and well, girls and guys, the poetry troupe that we have, we sponsor events at the mall and various things. So I stay pretty busy. I do stay pretty busy, um, sometimes too much so, and don't allow myself to catch up and get some rest, but I think we're all guilty of that one. So, so you, you're an educator as uh, as well, and I've, I've seen just a, you know, just hearing you talk about, um, you know, what you do with the school, but I saw, and I always tease you, I, I saw a picture of you in the classroom, mm-hmm. and you know you were you were going through your motion and 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 getting a, a really strong point across, and you could just see the the children in the classroom. They were just so focused, mm-hmm. 
on what you were saying. I could just I could just imagine you know how you have like one of those favorite teachers. I remember listen to this right, this is funny. I had a teacher and I'm talking about when I was in second grade. And you know how you get a little crush on your teachers or whatever. You know? <laughs> no, I and, don't know. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I know you don't know. And um, and oh man, I had this teacher. But anyway, one day I was just being like real lazy, getting up. My mom kept telling me, you know, get up. It's time to go to school. Get up. And I just laid there, laid there. So finally, she said, "Miss Taylor's down here waiting for you." Man, I jumped up out the bed and and. and Went in the bathroom and got myself together. Came downstairs and she was like, "Oh yeah, okay. Now I know what to tell you. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean to get you up." But it was just the looks on the the children's faces. Um, you know, they were just so focused on what you were saying. So I imagine, um, you know, that you're one heck of an educator um, in the classroom um, as well as without. And I would just like to, um, you know, commend you for that because we definitely um, are in need of, um, you know, those kind of mentors, you know, teachers and, um, you know, African-American, let's, let's put it like it is, African-American teachers and, and doctors and lawyers and what have you. But I think that the educational side is just so important and the influence that you can have on young minds is so important. And I commend you just for having the... Number one, the skill to do that and the patience uh, to deal with, you know, those young minds because, um, you know, we don't know a lot of times what's going on in their home life and to right. be able to, you know, to be able to um, get their interest and gain their trust as an adult, number one, and as a as an uh, educator, number two, is just a, a wonderful feat. Well, you know what, I really appreciate you saying that. Let me tell you, our God has a really good sense of humor. Let me tell you, he really does. Because I never wanted to work with kids. I mean, I'd work at the daycare or nursery and stuff, you know, at the church and things of that sort. But it's like he just was bent and determined to get me into working with kids. And, you know, after a while, I just kind of submitted. And the first thing he did was throw me into a clinical day program with the worst of the worst, you know, in the eyes of the public, I guess. But these kids, oh, my God, these kids had me on medication. (laughs) They They had me on medication. I had a migraine for four days. (laughs) It was bad because I took everything personally, internally, you know what I'm saying? When I found out about their backgrounds, you know, kids that have seen their dad being killed right there in front of them, lived in drug-infested areas all their life, who, you know, come to school, just nasty. They walk in the door, you can smell them, never brush comb their hair, come to school high every day. You know what I'm saying? These were the kids I was supposed to be teaching. Mm. You know, and I ended up having to teach them more life skills than I did teaching them book skills because they had to learn the life skills first. Mm. Nobody was teaching them. They didn't know. You know, so um, it's been a it's been a journey. It really has. These last three or four years have truly, truly been a journey. But I look at everything as a lesson, and you know, I try to take the positives from it. 
you know, despite all of the little faults and things that these kids had, each one of them, I could give you just something brilliantly positive about each and every one of these children that I've encountered over the years, um, over these last couple years. And now, you know, he's put me in a position after making me aware of the special ed group because they get overlooked a lot. Really and truly they do. And so he sent me into that realm first so that I could develop a love for them so that when I'm doing what I'm doing now, I'm able to look at it from a bigger perspective and always include them in, you know, never forget about them. So, I mean, I just think it's wonderful the way he works. None of this is me. It's just him telling me what to do, you know. So, but thank you so much. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it you know it takes a, a special um, and a dedicated individual to be able to work with um, children yeah. and and you know I mean adults too. But the children see is at least when you work with the children, you can actually see your work and really appreciate um, you know the positivity and everything. A lot of times the adults they just listen to you and just keep it moving. Um, but the younger children, um, you know, really, really um, can be influenced by someone positive such as yourself. And I'd like to thank you for for doing what you do. Oh, sure thing, man. I mean, somebody's got to do it. We we all really need to take a, a step up and 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 do this. We we need to all plant positive seeds. You may not see where it will grow right away. Sometimes it may be years before you see it, but trust me, if you continue to plant those seeds, something will take root and it will grow in that child or in that person that's hurting or whatever the case may be. Just do something, even if it's just when you see somebody having a bad day, walk up to them and try to make them smile. Every little bit counts and helps. So, that's my plug. Oh well, that's well, that's all right. That's and that's a big plug too. Let me tell you, because it's just so important. Um, so, would you mind sharing another one of your uh, uh, poems with us? Sure. You know, um, God's children. You've heard God's children, right? Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Um, that's a really popular piece, um, and the reason I like it so much is because it makes homelessness real personal you know it it puts it right dead in your face and that was my intention when I wrote this poem at the request of someone who was homeless for like three or four years and you know he called and he wanted to start this cause where they're out there trying to help the homeless people and things of that sort and he asked me if I would write it and I was like oh yeah sure um, so that is the premise behind this piece. I gotta stand up on this man. I can't. <laughs> I gotta stand up to do the piece. So <sighs> get in the mindset. But here we go. This one is entitled "God's Children." What about what I want? Look at me. What about me? Can't you see me? What about how I feel? Help me. What about me? 
beautiful singer, joyfully pouring pieces of her soul into the hearts of her audience. And though the glass through which I peered stifled the sound, the spirit in her eyes captured me. And I thought to myself, that could have been me. There was a time they looked at me that way. And though years have swayed the condition of my unsung fame, I cling to those moments as though they were blankets that provided warmth to my frozen pride. Looking into the eyes of those who passed me on the street, penny dancing in their demeanor as if at first glance they can decipher the spectrums of my broken soul. Thinking one or two dollars thrown my way can deflect the unwavering agony of existence that lingers on with persistence as the day and night unfold. Hunger. Eating away at me as I witness the faces of those in my midst consuming their fill at will. Am I only to exist to remind others of where they don't want to end up? I mean... Sure, there are those that use the homeless game to cater to their hustling needs, but that is few. In a realm of many, what about me? What about us? What about the woman who sleeps in the box near mine, whose child cries famished, knowing no other method of release? What about the bodies that lay scattered about? Some sexing for a measly few dollars, some pleading to God for sweet mercy, while others simply lie in a drug-induced state, waiting for that moment of freedom when time finally runs out. I mean, truly, what's it all about? You see, the concept may be clear in your mind. You think we've placed ourselves here to be victimized by the streets. But each one of us has a soulful account that needs to be heard. Do you honestly think that this is the life we deserve? Searching trash cans for scraps of food to appease the beast roaring in our bellies as we struggle to stomach the stench of our bodies, craving to be cleansed as you walk by oblivious to the dimming of our light, barely flickering within, not just strangers, but brothers and sisters alike who know our names, dispelling our holy position and simply walking away, erasing traces of our footprints in the sands of time, rather than uniting together to lift souls out of the depths of this hellish plight, by providing job training, food, clothing, sometimes Sometimes a simple act of kindness from the heart. It may not change our current state, but it's a start. We need you to take off the blinders and look beneath the grimy skin to discover the glorious complexions gleaming within. Help us, for we are one of you, God's children. No... Searching for somewhere home. No, somewhere weary. What did we do to deserve this treatment? Are we all God's children? 
Ooh, that's a taste. A wonderful taste lyric and the message was just just uh I mean it's it's going on every day. Yeah. And and you know, we haven't come up with an answer for that. And you know, so many of us and myself included, is it, look, we're just one paycheck away. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, I count my blessings as I'm. I know that you do as well. Count my blessings every day because um, you know it could be it could be one of us. And uh, that's a wonderful piece, uh, God's children. And um, you know, that's all I can say. It's just it's touching. You know what I mean? It's a touching piece, and, and you can feel the power in that as you're uh, you know singing the words and. And you know, speaking the words to that piece. Whew. You know, it's amazing when you you're doing pieces like that. Um, you just pour so much of yourself into it. I mean, I literally did not leave the computer until I had that piece done. But afterwards, I was so tired, so exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was literally out there on the street. In my mind and in my heart, you know, and just wondering or 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 just living it, living it through the poem. Mm. So I mean, whew, it was a tough one to write, but by the same token, when it was done, I was like, wow. You know, I just, I just uh, one thing that I really like about your, out of the many things that I like about your work, but one thing in particular that I like about your work is just your versatility. I mean, I've heard you do, like you said, romantic pieces. I've heard you do erotic pieces. I've heard you do spiritual pieces and 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 political pieces. I mean, and you know, you have to be the type of person that has a knowledge. You know, like in other words, I could I could talk to you about anything, um, and and you're you're up on your game that way, and to be able to to write about so many different different things and have an interest in so many different things I think is is just very you know it's just a wonderful thing thank you thank you and you know if even if it's something I don't really know a whole lot about I make it my business to go out there and do research mm-hmm. and find out information um before writing the piece because I, I want my stuff to be at least accurate you know information wise background wise um that's very important to me. I think everything that you write about should be accurate. And if you're not sure, you need to go find out before you start writing it. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree with you 100. Um, percent The. I guess one of the last things that I wanted to speak with you about is um, the group of poets, New Danger. Mm-hmm. What is what is the the mission of New Danger and, and the purpose of that uh, group of poets? Well, one thing I can say about um, many of the poets in New Danger, a lot of us have had really really tough childhoods, and given the fact that we've had these tough childhoods, it makes us a lot more receptive to the pain that the children are experiencing. Not just the children within the household, but the ones who are in the DJJ system, you know, uh, just any of these these little kids 
they need some type of guidance. So rather than making a gun or making the gun the thing that makes this child dangerous, we try to teach them to use their mind, you know. Be dangerous with your mind. If you want to be dangerous, that's how you should do it because the mind can be a lethal weapon in the, in the instance of being able to make people wise as to what's really going on behind the closed doors, what's really going on behind all of the pain that these kids are experiencing. It gives them a method of releasing it versus blowing up and in anger and all of these things. So this is our focus. We want to go and we want to reach these kids that really need to uncover that talent that they have, you know, and maybe we can inspire them to do that somehow. If nothing else, we can give them an outlet from all that they're experiencing. Let them know that there are outlets out there. You don't have to just be, you know, covered up by whatever it is that's, that's, that's hurting you or that's um, guiding you in the wrong direction. There are other paths that you can take. And we have to actively go out there and reach them because they're not going to just come to us. So we go to them. We take the message to them, and we open our hearts and, and give our time and our efforts to trying to help them see that, that beacon of light in the distance. So that's that's really the main premise there. We do also uh, go to colleges and things of that sort, you know, and cater to the whole artsy aspect of what we do as well. But, um, yeah, that's always our first heart is, is the kids. You're you're just so busy. It's only look. <clears throat> as far as my knowledge goes, there's only 24 hours in a day. Really? How do you do you it know? all? How do you squeeze? <laughs> you squeeze? How do you squeeze so much into that day? It's just unbelievable. I mean, let's just, just say that sleep does not see me very often. You know, <laughs> we're distant relatives. <laughs> oh man! Listen for it <clears throat> when you're performing. When you're performing in front of an audience, what is it that you hope that each individual member of that audience takes away with them after after you know witnessing one of your performances? What do you hope they take away from that? Hope. And I say that because I've had many, especially after that God's Children piece, I've had people come up to me after the show, oh, my God, I love that piece. I was homeless one time, and that is really how people treat you, you know, just to know that somebody understands what's going on and somebody has made it through, you know, what's going on, what may be currently going on in their lives. You never know. You know, you see a person beside you, and you think that you haven't figured out by the way that they're dressed or the way that they're talking you may not know about the hell that they're experiencing at home or whatever the case may be. And maybe that poem that flowed through your spirit touched them to the point where they decided not to commit suicide or they decided that, you know what, maybe I should try this and maybe it'll work for me. You know, just hope. That's what I would like for everyone in that audience to experience, to go through that whatever it is that I'm portraying within that poem, to go through it with me, go through the emotions of it. That's why I pour so much into what I do is because I want them to feel it, not just hear it. I want them to experience it. 
So, mm. yeah. So, but thank you. I thank you for always inspiring me um, and always encouraging me because you don't realize it, but every time you speak those words that you always do, you know, that, that encourages me that no matter how um, maybe down I am on myself sometimes, how hard I am on myself, somebody is getting something positive out of what I'm putting out there, and it, it helps me to keep on going and keep on striving. So thank you. Oh, yeah, you're quite welcome. And <clears throat> again, you could hear... Uh... Uh, lyric and and boogie on their program called Lyrical Disciples is located on Blog Talk Radio. It's uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Lyrical Disciples. That's L Y R I C A L D I S C I P L E S. Lyrical Disciples, and that's just a phenomenal program and again if you give us your email address hopefully it'll be a flock of people um, emailing you about some of your some of your work so could you give your email address one more time sure sure uh, that is poetic souls speak at aol.com and you if you just email this phenomenal artist lyric You'll be able to get a copy of two of her, well, actually three now, but two of her poetry books. Uh, My Peace Be With You and I of Thee Behold Her and a romance novel. I can't wait to read that. Tomorrow Promises, as well as a soon-to-be release. Is it released now? Soul to Soul? Is it out now? It's complete. It's complete. Um, I, I produce them right now here. But I hope to get them out in mass distribution um, okay. soon. But I <laughs> yeah. can still send you a copy. That's not a problem. Just let me know that that's okay. what you're interested in. All right. Soul, S-O-L-E, to Soul, S-O-U-L. And um, I, I just already know what that's going to be like. It's just... It's a mixture of old and new. So a lot of those favorites that people have, the sweet poetry and In the Name of Love and all that stuff is on there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just so, you just have so your your library, you know, of your work is just, you know, it's just constant. I know it's never ending, you know what I mean? Because every time I, I hear a different piece that I haven't heard before, you know what I mean? And I'm like, whoa, you know, you're creating creativity has no bounds and that's just a a wonderful thing but I'd like to thank you Marie Grady aka Lyric for taking time out from your busy schedule and uh, to be with me here today on Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry and I wish you continued success in all of your endeavors and uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk you into doing something live with us here on Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry. I look forward to it. Look forward to it and thank you. All right. Lyric, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Spotlight Conversations. I'll see you next time. Peace.